cheating and lying. Jason Johannes. Welcome to another episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast. With me always is Jason. What's what's going on? What's the news today? Uh, what what is going on? No no crazy news today. I'm more interested in know what's going on with you. You just went to Vegas for a bunch of days. Yeah, you know when we go, it's it's more of a thing of just like get out of the cold weather and. Uh, um, it's really inexpensive vacation nice just to get away i mean uh we went to a vegas golden knights game and uh went to a, a cirque de Lay show mad apple at new york new york on friday night uh got massages monday morning and oh nice yeah yeah Cu- um, did you do the couple's massage yeah yeah nice um what else just kind of tooled around and uh, i got a good friend that lives there so we hung out with him on friday for a little while and yeah that's what did it. you get any of that crazy weather that was going across well, the country you know it snowed there for like five minutes <laughs> big deal in the desert but it was weird because when we got there like it's like supposedly like 46 degrees and i'm out there in shorts and t-shirt going really you know <laughs> but then once you get out of the sun then you kind of feel a little bit and then there there were a couple days where it was Cold, like rain yeah cold usually we go in april so yeah we get a little uh cold weather but yeah good time nonetheless you can say you went to vegas when it snowed yeah did you catch out any music any acts or anything i know i think you were talked about ace von johnson a little bit about what to check out yeah you know i mean that's the whole thing you know besides you know when we saw blackberry smoke there it's kind of I think Vegas has kind of got the, the market cornered on, you know, impersonation tribute bands, which I'm yeah. not into. I mean, I don't mind tribute bands like a review or whatever, but I don't, the impersonations, it's just kind of like, I'm not big into that. And so I think there's that in like residencies now, right? A lot of bands will, or rotate too, yeah. residencies. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, their week, there was just nothing. I mean, I think, well, you know, it sucked because not sucked, but if I would have been there a week before, I would have saw the Crows, you know? That would have been great. And then uh, Sticks had just been there. I'd go see Sticks. I saw them before. So I yeah. saw Sticks with Eddie Money and Ario Speedwagon. Okay. When was that? I was dating my wife at the time. We weren't married. So I'm going to say, and still living in Columbus for the first time, I'm going to say 1999 or 2000. Okay. It was yeah. a bit ago. A bit ago. Yeah. Um, I can't remember which casino were in but like they had like george thurgood come in and well slaughter <laughs> and there's someone else can't remember but anyway yeah but so no yeah didn't uh get lucky and uh see any bands or whatever what was the best thing you guys did while you're there besides hang out i mean yeah it's 
I really enjoyed that circulation Matt Apple. It was really, really good. Like really good. It was like comedy and music, you know, and all, mm-hmm. you know, the, some of the acrobat type stuff that's pretty impressive. But yeah, it was it was cool. That's probably the best. how long is one of those shows? Uh, about an hour and a half. Okay. Like so, a concert. Yeah. Or a so movie. If you're there ever, I would recommend that. And I, I will note it. Yeah, I I had only been to one pro hockey game before, and I was like fourteen. That's that's <laughs> when the Minnesota was still the Minnesota North Stars. Oh my God! Yeah, before, before they, they moved to Dallas. To Dallas. Yeah. yeah, that was that yeah. kind of sucked. They, you know, how does Minnesota lose a to- hockey? Team? I know they got the yeah. Wild or whatever it is now, but like the North Stars, man, they can't beat Dallas. Yeah, really weird, right? Yeah, but I've seen know, a Dallas Stars game, Brian. Do you know yeah. that? You know, I've gone actually gone in Dallas. In that well, work trip long, long time ago. One right. of the activities they had, they took us to a hockey game. Okay. Against well, my will, because I was like, no, they're Minnesota. They shouldn't be playing in Texas. So after the second period, they were down, the Golden Knights were down three to one. So we're like, yeah, let's let's split, you know, beat the beat the crowd out and all that and get back to where we were at the MGM. And oh look, it's three to two and like five, <laughs> ten minutes later, like, oh, it's three to three, and they end up winning four to three in overtime. If you're a hardcore Knights fan, maybe that would be bad. But you know what? Yeah. Casual yeah. fan. Yeah. How was the arena? Like, again, they built all this stuff cool. in Vegas for these pro sports teams. It's got to be nice. Yeah, it was good. It was nice. Yeah. Did you, did you get a special food item there? Is there anything that sets them apart uh, I had like everybody? a brat with like, like jalapenos and onions and peppers. And Solid. Yeah. Solid washed down with a Coke. Yeah. Diet Coke or something. <laughs> ah, love it. Well, other things, other trips that are coming up, you and I for the podcast are doing different trips, separate trips. And yours is coming up first. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be at a rock. I'll be at rock and pod in Nashville, March 17th through 19th. And I'll be there with our good buddy, David Hudson from the state of Amorica. So looking forward to seeing him, Brian, hopefully we can get a table next to each other. Like we did when Ian was there and you were there. Um, I think we're going to need the moral support without you two there. So we're going to have to stay, stay close to close. Wow. I didn't know Ian was going to make it either. Nope. David and I are going solo. So we're going to, we're going to see if we can, again, like I said, lean on each other for support where we need it. And you'll see Le- Leilani. You'll see, we'll see Leilani. Yep, she's playing Friday night with Rare Hair, so I'm curious to see what song she's going to get pulled in on. We're going to go do that, and then I put her down as a podcast guest. We have not gotten the final schedule, so you know I, I requested her. You know, you and I talked about this, yeah, so we're right. telling everybody listening: Leilani Kilgore, Anthony Quarter from Tora Tora, uh, Cage Deville from River Ghost. Again, these are people we've already spoken to, our friends. Um, Tuck Smith from Tuck Smith and the Restless Hearts, great artist, cool band um really dig him i hope he gets on our agenda and then i think did we ask for the native son scott i can't now i'm now i'm drawing a blank who who i requested yeah jason anyway from dangerous jason mcmaster from dangerous toys there you go so waiting to see a a mix of some old friends and hopefully some new ones and you know i i if leilani has time i brian i may ask her to sit in on an interview or two and because she oh, sure. you know yeah, yeah. she's she, got a great perspective the guest the guest co-host and she and she does an awesome job 
very much so. And now you're going in May to a yeah. show I can't go to because it's my daughter's birthday and her high school graduation. But where are you going? Yeah, uh, May uh, May 19th and 20th, uh, Elon, North Carolina, Power and Sound Revival. It's kind of been up and down whether I was going to go or not. And uh, there's kind of a revised plan. Um, so it's, it is looking like I'm going. Um Chive Mother Mary is going to be there. Seth Williams is going to be there. Chuck Mountain, uh, Quaker City Nighthawks, um, Ace Monroe, um, amongst some other, you know, other bands. And I'm kind of looking forward to uh, seeing how that all works. And I'm going to camp right there, right at the place. So uh, it should be a great time. And with our friends, the Williams family, you know, we've yeah. had, we've had Olivia on and Seth on and, who else? Michelle. Michelle, that's right. Michelle and Olivia uh, once or twice and Seth on one. So yeah, they're, you know, they're part of the podcast family. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That That's going to be really cool. Great time of year to go there. The weather's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Speaking of great time, uh, we are jubilant. We are in joy and celebration of the return of an incredibly great band, uh, that our most frequent guest plays in. Oh, <laughs> the me. <laughs> yes. Do the Coming on the show today to talk a little about what's going on is the return of Otis with our friend, our brother, Boone Froggett, and he has John and Dale uh, with them to talk, to talk a little bit. He's got three of the four guys. Yes, he does. And I just posted on our page and then Boone like sent something back on a LOL. Hi, but I gave Dale the wrong last name. It was Dale Myers. That's like I put Dale Evans. I think that there wasn't there like a Dale Evans. There's there a baseball a, player, Dale Evans, I think, right? Singer, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's Mark <laughs> Evans. But anyway. anyway, you and I had heard through very good sources about Otis was going to come back and things were going on. And now we're able to publicly talk about it and have Boone on to chat about it. And, you know, we, we love Boone. He's one of our favorites. Yeah. You know, and, and since, you know, since this, he put the announcement out, um, I've been listening to the eyes of the sun, just mm -hmm. constantly repeat. <laughs> Incredible. You know, and you think, and, you know, well, you guys will find out in the interview. So we'll talk about it afterwards, like the, the high accolades he gets from some folks. So. Yeah. It, yes, absolutely. Like there are a lot of major rock players out there that are fans of Otis. And, you know, I told the story before I wore an Otis shirt to a Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown concert. And when Tyler and I were talking afterwards, you, you pointed out the Otis shirt. said, love those guys. We played shows with those guys before. So, you know, there's a you'll you'll hear even more of our favorite musicians that like Otis. Yeah. Well, without further ado, let's just get right into it. Uh, you guys will enjoy our conversation with Boone Froggett, John Seeley, and Dale Myers um, from Otis, talking about the return of the band. <laughs>
Uh, we're here at the guest segment of the podcast that we're so excited about. You know who our guests are. Jason always introduces them to you guys anyway. Got to be all formal. That's that's right. Like like it's a surprise to everybody. But this is a day, Brian. You and I have been waiting for. We've talked about this day for a while. We've hoped for it for a long time. We hope for it. It's, it's in finally upon us. So rejoice. So welcome back for the 15th, 16th, 20th time. <laughs> Boone Froggett, but we also have his new bandmates for the reformed Otis, praise the Lord, Dale and John. How all how are all of you guys doing this evening? Thank you, man. It's it's weird, Boone. We've got like you've been on panels before and by yourself, but never with like the band. Yeah, I thought this is this is the perfect time to bring uh, more than one Otis member on. Of course, John's been been in this mess since day one and uh and then uh, dale's the new recruit and then uh alex our other guitar player he actually has to you know work so he didn't get he didn't get to do this one with us but uh we're we're thinking about him and uh and and we miss him but the uh three of us you got we're, we're gonna have fun we're definitely 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 excited about all this and uh we we rejoice um we just take it from like uh you know when you started looking looking for new guys and was there a point before that where you didn't know what the future was going to hold for Otis there was there was definitely some moments of uh, uncertainty there we knew we wanted to do it but it's like you know how how can we get from where we're at right now to where to where we want to be and it was just kind of a a tough road figuring out what we wanted to do and it, it really wasn't fair to like call it like a hiatus or something like that because john and i worked through the whole thing we were writing songs we were you know rebuilding making connections with folks and uh where did you, know, you hide looking... john because it was always you on this and there's john was nowhere to be seen john what did, what did he hide you in a closet or something yeah, I'm not the names guy, and I don't remember, uh, you know, all the little details quite as well as Boone does. He's just really good at this stuff. Boone so we, knows everything. It's amazing every time I talk to him. Sorry, Boone, I interrupted you. Oh, no, no, you're good, man. So, so yeah, we, we just, we were like, we want to do this right, so we're going to take our time, do it, do it one step at a time, and that's kind of the, the mentality we've had, and uh, I got fortunate to be able to to work with the Kentucky Headhunters in a couple of different roles, so that that really inspired me to to get out there and and it made some good you know connections for us to get to where get to where we are now. And uh, one 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 big moment for John and I is John and I had the privilege to go see Government Mule and go visit uh, Warren Haynes after the show. And uh, we're walking around and as soon as we, before, you know, we round the corner and then boom, there's, there's Warren Haynes, you know, and we didn't, we didn't even get to say hi before he said, man, when, when's Otis going back on the road? What's going on? He's like, I've heard some stuff from you guys that, that, that I really liked. And uh, man, I, I want to see you guys back out there. So <laughs> if, if that's, if that wasn't motivation enough for us, then, then I don't know what is. The Warren Haynes seal of approval. Like it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Also, no, uh, we, Char Charlie Starr mentioned you guys too. So that's another, yep. another, uh, oh, we, we love Blackberry Smoke and all those guys. Uh, it's funny. Uh, Dale and I went and uh, and hung out at a Dave Mason show. We, we got a we got a mutual friend in the Dave Mason camp that that works works for their crew, and that was actually the night that uh, Blackberry Smoke was at the Ryman in Nashville, and uh, 
we, we kept we kept thinking like man if we get a break we might run over there but it just it just never happened but uh we we uh always love visiting with our uh, blackberry smoke brothers man these guys should even take you out on tour well, yeah that'd be a great idea before right Yep, yeah, we we played here in uh, Glasgow with them at the uh, at at the Plaza Theater, and uh, we 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 run into them on the road occasionally. We love to do more stuff with them, and uh, we know we you know we're friends with Charlie, and of course uh, Paul Jackson's been a huge supporter of our band. You know, anytime we've made a a big announcement or something, he's reshared it, and he's uh, hasn't been shy about uh, about showing his love for. Uh, our band and uh, bands are on the same level as us. And I've, I've always loved that about Paul. He's all, always ready to talk guitars and uh, hang out anytime. So John, what, what did you do during that time? You know, like Boone was uh, doing this thing with the headhunters and still is. So what, what, what kept you busy? What kept you uh, afloat? Well, I mean, uh, the, during the whole time we've been in Otis, I've had, I've had day gigs where, you know, regular jobs, and uh, I'm currently a machinist and uh, welder type, you know, I do fabrication of, you know, mach- metal machine parts and stuff like that. So that keeps me busy. I work for my brother, so I, I can come and go almost as I please, you know, within a certain realm of, uh, you know, something that makes sense. But I, I stay plenty busy doing that. But musically, what kept me going was just knowing that we were going to keep doing this. We were going to keep driving forward no matter what, you know find a way right on well dale how do you how do you end up with this group because obviously john and boone have this history together uh well uh, i'd say it's small town you know we're all connected but i wound up doing a couple of uh couple of different gigs with with greg martin and, and word of mouth from from other people or whatnot but i think that uh i think they told me greg wound up you know mentioning my name and, and some other people and it just things just seemed to go in a way but uh yeah i'm glad i'm here man very cool what, very what cool. is your kind of musical background and history uh big musical family um you know growing up i uh i was raised you know my grandfather was a bass player uh father's a luthier and then my my oh, mother's kidding. so you know i picked up drums i think my grandmother was a drummer a long time ago but um do a lot of club dates around here and nashville sessions as you may be able to tell by the mm-hmm. you know back there but uh yeah i'm just doing uh doing the drummer thing right on so like you're just you know available for sessions kind of guy to this point yeah uh i i did i did work a, a lot before you know otis otis is like the the main thing now but i did uh sessions from the house and uh w- went down to nashville and, and did a little bit of that stuff quite a bit cool. Oh, hey Boone, Dale sounds like, and John, a really established, great drummer. Did you guys go through a process of interviewing, trying out different drummers? Or did you well, always goes back to Greg Martin, doesn't it, Brian? Or did you just take Greg's <laughs> word and said, "Hey Dale, come on out"? Yeah, man, we we got the opportunity to jam, you know, with some different people, which was which was fun because it's like, uh, what happens when you stick me and John with, you know another person what's what's going to be the chemistry there and it was it was interesting you know playing playing with the you know it's a different folks but once once we got in a room with uh with with dale and alex together everything really really seemed seemed to click and uh you know er, ever since that uh that people knew that we were kind of looking maybe looking for somebody i'd heard dale's name come up i'd heard it a couple times and then 
And then finally, I was like, Greg was like, man, I, I, ch I checked this Dale guy out. He's he can play a shuffle. You know, he's pretty good. He's like, I would, you know, I would consider him, you know, to do, uh, you know, some some projects and some live shows with uh, with me sometimes. I was like, well, if if uh, if Greg feels that good about it, then I should I should probably I should probably look into it and check it out. And that's that's kind of what got us here. So, Boone, I would imagine. I don't know if you can put it into words or not, like what, how how much of a support Greg has been and, and you know, his time and the headhunters and, you know, he's been through all sorts of different things and stuff. So he he must have been like a huge, you know, influence and support and giving you some advice, words of wisdom is that that I would imagine that's the case. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like Greg, Greg's definitely been a, a uh, you know, a guiding light for this band since day one. And then especially after he, after he kind of, you know, saw some of the things that we were going through. I started getting involved more with the lowdown hoedown. And then we started doing those uh, uh, together live streaming sessions. So he was, he was, you know, doing his best, you know, to try to keep me busy and, uh, and keep me, keep me moving forward. Of course uh, he's, he's, he's been through some uh, personnel changes and, you know, in the headhunters over the years. Mm -hmm. So, you know, who, who better to talk to than, uh, mm -hmm. than those guys. Right on. Yeah, and we're uh, have to retire the uh, Howard Stern King of All Media, Brian. It's going to have to go to Boone because he's all over everything. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> we, we talked to we had Richard on recently, um, and he uh, uh, he gave you such a huge compliment because he goes, you know, now that Otis is back up and running, he's gonna, they're going to be out on the road, and we're going to we're going to you know, Boone's probably not going to be able to be out there on the merch and all that. So he said, hey, we're really going to miss him. So that's. Uh, another guy where it's a huge compliment coming from him. Oh yeah. I, I love Richard, you know, Richard and I talk, you know, two or three times a day at least. And uh, we work well together. We kind of, we kind of compliment each other in a, in a, in a weird way, but you know, for the most part, I'm, I'm going to be doing some, some touring with the headhunters this year, as well as, as the Otis date. So we're trying mm -hmm. to, uh, trying to, trying to make it work for everybody. Will we possibly get like, Kentucky Headhunters and Otis tour with maybe a special guest Mojo Thunder. <laughs> if I'm going to dream, I'm going to dream big. <laughs> Brian, Brian's trying to rage the tour. I'm yeah. all for it. Where do I sign up? Hey, that's, that sounds like a good time. You know, we've, we've supported the Headhunters in the past and uh, I think, I think that'll, that'll happen again. So uh, what, watch, watch out for that. <laughs> so I want to go, I want to go back to Dale. So Dale comes from, he, he's been a session guy you know, a fill-in live guy. How you how are you feeling about going in and now being just part of your own band? Um, I think that's ultimately, you know, something that I always wanted to do. And it's it's ideal, you know, for the uh, communication uh, of music. You know, you, you playing with a different band, you don't get the same feeling as, you know, if you're with the same guys every week or if you're out on the road with different guys. So uh, I think for me, it was just like an instant, connection i love being in you know the same four of us every week just jamming it out man so so john you, with you playing bass it's really instrumental for the bass and the drummer to mash how quickly did you and dale get on the same page with keeping the uh the beat going i gotta say you know i'm gonna throw this out as a uh, compliment to dale because he's he's got his timing thing figured out you know he knows exactly how to hold it down exactly where it needs to be so it, it literally took within 15 minutes you know or, or even less just right off the bat uh, the first time we actually played together we uh 
we didn't ask Dale to learn any any of our songs or give him any guidance on what he should listen to or anything like that. We just wanted to bring him in raw, set up his kit, and turn on the amps and just jam and see what he see what he could do. And it it was uh, instant chemistry right off the bat. Nice. So you guys just kind of seamless, all professionals, just just clicked right out of the gate. So pretty much. So where then you know I know Alex is not here, but where how does he come into the picture? Alex has a has a really cool background. He's played in uh, in several different bands, and he's kind of like one of those guys around town that in the guitar player circles, everybody's always talking about like, hey, this guy's an interested player, regardless of the band he's in. You know, you should you should go see him type thing. And he has a really interesting connection to uh, kind of the musical community. His uh, uncle Chris Hardesty plays drums for Rufus Huff. Yeah. So he he grew up, you know, hearing that music around and uh, and his his dad's a musician as well. So he's a he, he was a perfect he was a perfect fit. There was he was he was kind of the first piece of, of the puzzle we found. He was the first first guy we jammed with. And we actually jammed with a couple of different drummers with Alex. And then those some things shifted around and then Dale came into the picture and it's like, once the four of us played together, we kind of looked at each other and it's like, all right, we, we can work with this. When I, when I was, uh, I, you know, I looked up Alex on Facebook and it, uh, it seemed he, he was like a metal guitar player or still is, or, um, and it's gotta be interesting to how, you know, he must be very diverse and coming into like a, you know, you're kind of, almanesque bluesy kind of thing yeah he's he's a really well-rounded player he's one of those guys that can that can kind of kind of play any style and he's he's got an interesting mind too like when you when you're in a room with him you're playing with him you can kind of see his see his mind working he's very very tasteful player he don't he can he can he can do a lot more than he does but he chooses not to type thing with with us you know he's uh uh, just very tasteful player. Not a bunch of notes, but more meaningful notes. Yeah, exactly. And his, uh, you know, him getting the opportunity to go through this journey with us has kind of given, given him a chance to grow his playing in some different directions and songwriting. And uh, it's just, it's just been great for everybody. Cool. How, uh, how does all this, does it affect the songwriting at all? Does it change that dynamic? Is it the same as, before it's just seamless or man it's it's an interesting thing we've been we've we've been writing a bit as we as we're getting uh learning the first two albums and getting our headlines set down and all that we've got a kind of a chance to to dig into the writing a little bit and it's been just really refreshing overall the band is a lot bigger sounding than uh, than the original Otis. There's 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 a lot more space going on. There's a lot more uh, listening going on. There's uh, so I, I think I think that's going to translate in the in the songwriting really well. So Boone, you and John mentioned that kind of during this break time, you guys have been writing music. So what's the plan? Are you going to go out play shows? Uh, run out the old stuff you're going to road test some new stuff or are you going to go out and start recording new music man we're going to uh, get out on the road do a couple of shows the the shows we have so far are all headlining dates so we're we're getting a chance to step out and jam and uh 
you know, play the material from the first two records. And we've, we've worked up some covers that we've never done before. That's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, uh, on certain shows, we'll, we'll probably, we'll probably start, uh, experimenting with some, with some new stuff as well. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's definitely on the list of things to do, you know, as, as we've, as we've made the announcement and we've seen the excitement from people, that's been one of the big things is, you know, oh, man. Uh, yeah. when, you know, when's that single, that next record going to happen? And it's, and it's definitely going to happen, but, uh, I think going out and playing live get, gives us a chance to be like, figure out who we are as a band. And, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the opportunity and seeing, seeing how people respond to it. Cause that, that goes in, in a lot into songwriting as well Is you got to mm-hmm. think about how is, you know, how is our audience going to, you know, respond to this change in the song life. And, uh, that's, that's really important to us. And, uh, you know, we, we build a lot of improvisational moments in our show and in our songs. And we, we take that into account as well. It's not just like, it's just not like we're trying to get in a room and, and write a three minute song. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that, that makes sense for you guys to go out and play live for a while to get the gel even more. And then get, again, like you said, figure out your places and your parts. So when you do introduce yeah. new music, it's like, a, I would say probably a whole band, um, whole band being involved or part of it versus just one or two guys. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll expect Dale to write some pretty kick-ass lyrics and guitar licks, as you know, as drum, drummers <laughs> often do. Hey, he, he he can do it. I'm sure he could, being a session guy, but, you know, you always got to throw it out to the drummer a little bit. So yeah. for John and Boone, are there songs that were written uh, that you've been sitting on for a while, or was there, like, any sort of, you know, writing in the downtime or songs left over from previous sessions or... All of the above, I would say, you know, there's there's songs that we hadn't released from before that'll get worked in and plenty of stuff that we've came up in the meantime uh, between, you know, then and now that we we're going to work up with the new guys. You know, we're going to have to filter through. We have quite a bit uh, ready to be finished, I would say. When you guys play live, are you guys like changing the set list? Do you stick with you know, one set list and change a little bit or how does that work with you guys as a live band? No, we, we try to do a different set each night. You know, we may, we may kind of start and end the show the same way, but the, the in between moments are kind of subject to change. And it's, it's almost like, like seeing, seeing the Almond brothers, even if they played the same set list, it was a total different experience because they would, they would add in their improvisational moments in, mm-hmm. in different places. And, uh, you know, we, we know a lot, a lot of folks are going to come out and, and see the show maybe two or three nights in a row. And, uh, we, we want to give them a, a different experience each time and, and keep, and keep them coming back. Having said that, are you guys like a, a taper friendly band? Oh, absolutely. You you can actually find us on a lot of those taper forums. Uh, how that happened was we started playing a lot of Almond Brothers centric gigs where like uh, Georgia Almond Brothers Band Association, or we would play at like Grant's Lounge, which is known as kind of like the home of Southern Rock and Macon. And, and all these people would start uh, showing up and, and taping the show. And uh, it, it started, you know, turning up in, in other places. And uh, we actually gained gained a lot of momentum that way so we're, we're very taper friendly come on out and uh and hit the button jam base i'm we guys on jam base yeah i think there is some stuff out there on uh on jam base nice brian that's legit yeah yeah look at jam base nugs.net archive.org i believe is another one 
So, what's the plan for world domination? <laughs> Man, we're just we're just taking it one day at a time. Um, we got a show announcement uh, coming this week. It'll actually have come you announced any this. shows, Boone, at all? Uh, uh, no, it's it's coming Thursday, okay. so it'll be all before right. the podcast airs. But uh, I wasn't sure because you were talking about, hey, we got shows lined up, and I'm like, I didn't see anything on social media. Yeah, uh, on the original uh, the lineup announcement post at the bottom, it says, you know, show announcement mm-hmm. coming Thursday at noon. So okay, uh, that's coming, and uh, we got some other show announcements on the way. So so the things are happening. It's it, we're not trying to run out and do like a, a lot of things at once. We're just trying to be very strategic about, about the shows we play and um, g- give ourselves a chance to grow before we really have to hit the ground running, which uh, I, I think is going to be a, a refreshing thing for us. And let, let everybody get used to the new lineup, used to seeing us again, hearing us again, and uh, it'd be good for us too. You know, even though we're recording Tuesday night, this comes out on a Friday. So your show announcement will be already, you can tell us right now. <laughs> cool. Yeah, we, we could do that. Our, <laughs> our first, our first show is going to be uh, April 21st at John Brown's on the square in Marion, Illinois. Ellen, how, why, why are you going like four States away, man? Man, that's just been a really, really good spot for us. We've never played there and not sold it out. It's always a packed house. So I thought, you know what? Let's let let's start out start out easy. <laughs> give give these new guys a uh, a good experience and 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 go somewhere that we're really uh, valued and appreciated. Brian, that sounds familiar. When we had Boone on the first time to talk about Otis, and I asked, "What's your favorite place to play?" Did he bring that up? Because that sounds really familiar. I don't recall exactly. <laughs> I would okay. say it's very likely. Okay. It's likely. Yeah. Because <laughs> when you said that, and the fact that you're treated well and always sold it out, I'm like, I, I think I've heard that before, either you or coincidentally through somebody else. It, hey, it could have been for somebody else. I know uh, Jeff Mother Mary has played there some, and uh, it's just a really great venue. The, the, the owner, John Brown, is a very music centric guy he runs for the house he's played bass and bands and he's he's just a cool dude to hang with so we're uh we're, we're looking forward to it right on uh you just mentioned jive Mar- mother mary which sparked a memory because we uh when we had mason on you know everybody of course talks about like what they were doing and then the the, the pandemic came along and kind of wiped out some things but i do very much recall him saying that that uh otis and jive mother mary were supposed to go to europe together is that is that true and could that happen again it, it it could very well happen you know we are on the uh the same uh booking agency over there teenage head music so uh it, the, the door is open for for possibilities there and uh we're we were really looking forward to playing those uh you know shows here in the states with them but then the the pandemic reared its head and uh it just kind of one thing fell after another and it, it it didn't quite get to happen but you know maybe we can we can put uh some some things in motion in the future what a dynamic not, show that would be with those oh man guys and drive mother mary completely different kind of bands that would be yeah. spectacular yeah they're they're great guys we love Jive mother mary and if not you go over europe boone and you know you got a tour with a european band a uk band you doomsday outlaw like you guys come on man you guys and doomsday outlaw play together hey that, that'd be a fun time I'm, i appreciate you turning me on to those those guys right pretty good band huh yeah sure. rocking stuff man rocking stuff 
first thing Boone says, like, this sounds a little bit like the Georgia Thunderbolts. I'm like, it does. It sounds like, you know, they sound American for one. And they do have a little bit of that Thunderbolts, Rocky Blue, Southern Rock thing going on. There are oh, a, yeah, the, a lot of great bands in the UK with this kind of stuff. Yeah, like Southern Rock bands and blues bands. It's crazy. They love this American stuff over there. Man, there's there's such a big appreciation for for the music we make over there, and uh, you know their their bands over there are, are starting starting to catch up on it. And uh, as you've probably seen, we're we're with uh, O'Neill PR now over in the UK, and uh, he's he's very Wes is very plugged into all those all those bands. Uh, we we first met him in 2019 when we were over there, and he was. Uh, he was working with uh, Chris Barris, and when we were when we were out touring over there, so it's a it, it's cool to kind of see see what's going on over there. Totally different scene than uh, what's going on here. Well, and two from what Brian and I always hear is when American acts go over to Europe, one the pre appreciation, like you said, is always there, but treated extremely well. They're into any of the songs, whether they're new, old, whatever, and it's just a whole different experience. Oh, absolutely. It, it takes actually takes a little bit of adjusting to, you know, when you're when you're as you get used to playing for these people, just like the amount of emotion and, and appreciation that you feel from the audience is is really amazing. They just they take the respect for the music to to a level that we don't get to experience very often unless you play like a, a listening room or, you know, a theater here in the States. Mm -hmm. So have you guys got the chance to do uh a good amount of rehearsing or is that something that's ongoing or will come up more uh you don't take that one john uh well I'd, i'll say we've rehearsed you know every week uh since we pretty much every week since everything happened you know the pandemic started we've uh at least me and boone got together uh you know before we got dale and uh and alex and uh we would we would write and whatnot every single week and then once we started adding the new members it's every every week for at least you know five six hours, um, almost without fail. You know, there's been a couple of times where something will come up, Boone would be out on the road or somebody would need to do something. But we've stayed very busy with it. These guys have also been extremely fast learners, so that has helped get things going a little, you know, a long way. So, how long has it been since you know you got uh, Dale and Alex in the band, and we had to keep that excitement at bay <laughs> for everyone is wondering. <laughs> So how long has it been when you guys went, these are the guys, let's go, let's rehearse. It's been, it's been a good couple of months now, uh, probably, probably three or four months. Alex is actually, Alex has been in the picture a little longer uh, since we were playing with some other drummers. So I, I know, I know it was, it was, it was uh, killing him not to tell folks about it. So, but uh, <laughs> the cat's out of the bag now. <laughs> right on, right on. Dale, all, all local. All, uh, yeah. all of these guys local, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Dale, Dale lives in the same town, uh, Glasgow, Kentucky, as John okay. and I do. And uh, Alex is just a little further west. He he's on the other side of Bowling Green, over in Morgantown. Right on. I was going to say, Dale. Like, is it hard to put into words your excitement for this? Um, have you guys all known each other for a while, just from being in the area? And uh well, you know, I feel like for a long time I've been you know, huge fans. Cause you know, ever since I, ever since I started playing, I always heard about headhunters, you know, Blackstone and Otis was always right there. So, you know, um, it was really, really exciting and, and hard not to tell, but you know, <laughs> I made it. Dale, you know, you're, you're kind of a young dude. 
What is your more musical influences and background? Well, it's uh, it's real extensive. You know, I'll go from listening to uh, Miles Davis to Slipknot in the same night if I feel like it. But um, I would say for sure it's it's a lot of the same blue stuff. Jimi Hendrix, uh, a lot of guitar players mainly is uh, something that's real interesting about me. Um, but yeah, pretty much a lot of jazz, blues, rock stuff. Awesome. What about your dad being a, a luthier? Because I'm a guitar player. Like, you know, I, I want to hear about the guitar stuff. Yeah. So uh, he runs, uh, it's literally from the kitchen in my parents' house. Uh, all he has is a few tools and he builds these amazing, I actually have one right here. Let's see. This is a Jackson headstock, but like he built this himself from spare parts. So, uh, you know, I grew up around that. And I think I originally wanted to be a guitar player, but uh, I wasn't talented enough. So I started hitting stuff, and, <laughs> you know. One thing leads to another. You don't have to be talented to play guitar. Trust me. I know from personal experience. <laughs> <laughs> Who are your main uh, influences on the drums, Dale? Ooh, you got three hours? Uh, <laughs> Bonham. <laughs> you know, I think, I think my main influence is, you know, if I had to pick like three, um, Vinny Calyuta is the, the first guy. He did a lot with uh, Jeff, Jeff Beck and Jimmy Hall. And then uh, Chris Hardesty from the Huff, he's been my my uh, most recent influence, you know, playing in Otis and doing a lot of that stuff. And then uh, there's a drummer named Keith Carlock that me and Boone got the uh, pleasure to see uh, at a Jeff Beck tribute show. And, you know, I'm real, real into that stuff. So those guys are all like, you know, they're all session guys and and uh, just real, real good players all around, I think. Did, did you play the guitar at all? And if so, does that play into how you play your drums? Um, I, I can't really play guitar, but like I know the functionality of it enough to know, you know, what's going to work with if Boone plays this part or if Alex plays this part. I like looking at it as, you know, if the drums is the canvas and the bass player is the color palette and the guitars are kind of painting over it. It's all a visual to me. Right on. Brian, I got a question for John real fast. John, what, what's the most exciting thing for you or the best part about you getting getting the crew back together here? Man, uh, just getting back on the road, getting to connect with our fans through music again, getting getting to connect with, uh, obviously we've been connecting uh, behind closed doors before the announcement, but but getting back in a room with with people that want to write, want to play, and and figure out each little note you know that that's exciting to me but getting out to play and, and, and eventually releasing new music i'm all about being being out on the road and the creation of the music itself so i'm i'm just tickled to to have that back which shirt are you wearing oh this is a happy tree shirt Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> we have a Bob Rocks going on there. Yeah, I was trying to figure if that's what that said or not. I don't have my glasses on. I'm like, all right, right on. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I, I answer the hard-hitting questions. Sure. That's why Brian has me on here. What's, what's <laughs> on your shirt? <laughs> um, so, you know, when it comes time, when you guys go into the studio, what, what, do you have any idea of, like, where that'll be or recording in a house or, you know, it seems like I'm always so impressed with your guys area being rural and hearing about so many studios there we, we definitely have a lot of ideas when it when it comes to studio time but we're, we haven't really settled on anything yet and uh, 
it, it's going to, it's, it's going to be fun to take this new band in the studio. And I, I, I really, I really want to, I really want this band to record to tape. We did, uh, you know, wow. we did as as the sun to tape, and it was a really, really great experience. And uh, I think it, I think it added to the listening experience overall. So I would, I would love to do that again because there's this when you record to tape, there's kind of like this unspoken pressure that you have to get it right because you can't, you can't go back and you know and edit those initial you know rhythm tracks and drum tracks and. And, and those sort of things. But uh, we got our eye on a couple of studios and uh, we're really looking forward to, to having that experience to, you know, to go in as a, as a band again and, uh, and, and hit the button. Yeah. I was going to say, man, like you're smart to go out and go on the road and play some shows and get tight before you go in to go to tape. Cause your point is yeah. there's not punching in or anything else to go fix those mistakes. You got to get it right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, do you know if you'll work with another producer or will you self-produce? Man, I would, I, there's some elements of working with a producer that I really enjoy. And there's some elements that I really don't enjoy. Uh, so I think it's, I think it's just a matter if we were to have a producer of finding the right guy to, to do it and, and oversee it. How about, have you done any producing yourself of anyone? I do know, I think, uh, Patrick from Southern Governor had mentioned, you know, working really hard with you in a studio. Yeah, I, I went, uh, I went over and, uh, and I produced uh, a song for them. And uh, we, we had a great time working on the song. And I, I ended up doing doing a guest vocal spot and uh, playing a little slide guitar on it as well. And that's, I just had a great time with those guys. I, I thank the world of Patrick and he does a lot of, he does a lot of the, uh, our artwork stuff for the band. So we get to, we get to work together in, in that way too. And uh, it, it was fun being in, in the producer role, taking, taking everything I loved about being a producer and kind of projecting it on, on Southern Governor. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, and it's kind of a shame too because they just disbanded officially, didn't they? Uh, I I know they've they've lost a, a bass player, uh, but the 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 other two brothers are still are still in it as far as I know. Uh, great band. I hope I hope to see yeah. them out there. And they were they were one of those bands that I was I was really looking forward to to doing a bill with. And uh, I thought I thought it would have been a a good night of rock and roll right there. Yeah, they had a good sound too. It was like almost like '90s alternative rock mixed with southern rock, and it was a really cool style. Yeah, and then plus you had three brothers. What that's so cool. <laughs> and they weren't killing each other like you know the Black Crows, Oasis, the Kinks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's hard to get you know family members together. They're not 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 fighting. What? Yeah, I'm I'm glad John and I aren't related. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think it was like Richard be asked, like, like what, what is your role as a producer? How do you define a producer? So, how would you define being a producer, Boone? It really boils down to to what the band sees the role as a producer being. It's a, you know, it's such a broad term. Uh, you can you can you can produce something and and not even be there. You can just be kind of like a administrative you know back-end type guy or you can be uh you know a guy in the room moving around microphones there's some there's producers engineers that they just they engineer and produce the whole session all at once i mean there's there's just there's just a lot of ways to look at it uh from from my role i just i wanted to be in the room with the band and pull the best sound and performance out of them i could 
and uh and i, I kind of think that's, that's 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 what the role is it's it's almost like being being an extra band member in in mm-hmm. some ways go ahead brian <laughs> <laughs> We're not already at that time of the show, are we? <laughs> we're not. No, we're not at that time of the show yet, unless you're done with questions. No, go ahead. <laughs> All right. You guys want to do some stupid stuff? Sure. We, we love stupid stuff. All right. Boone, you get a lot of these. So I'm, I'm going to first start out more with John and Dale. Cool. Okay. And then we'll go back to you because you, you've had a chance to participate in a lot, a lot of the dumb questions. All right. For you guys, I'm multiple choice. Got to answer. Star Trek, Star Wars, or Marvel? Star Trek. Smart guy. You know, I think Star Trek, too. I think the other two are just overdone at this point. Wow, nice. That's that's the more academic answer, too. Okay. So, original Star Trek, or Next Generation? Uh, I, I start out at Next Generation. I've watched the original a couple times, and... And I enjoy it for what it was, but I really fell in love with the next generation and, and pretty much everything else after that. Mm-hmm. There was some good Star Trek stuff that came out in the 90s, but like I have no recollection of what it was called. But like my brothers got me onto it years ago and it was pretty good stuff. So I, don't, I guess that falls kind of in the middle. I don't really know. So, John, what do we have? We had Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager. What else do we have? Uh, well, we got we got the current uh, Picard going on. Um, Discovery uh, just came out a little bit before that for the more modern day current stuff. I'm not I'm not familiar with all of them uh, by name as much. I have watched them all, but I just don't pull names. I told you that earlier at the beginning. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I do love Star Trek. I I like Star Wars as well. But with Star Trek, you can deep dive into each character. You know, they, yep. they just build and build on each character as you're going through and you get to learn more about them and uh, see them more as a human being, you know, over the course of multiple years. Where with Star Wars, you get a, you know, just really quick. Uh, and, and I do love Star Wars, too, but you get this really quick glimpse and uh, they, you know, in a movie setting, you're always going to get this hero um hero thing going on or villain thing going on and you don't get quite as much depth i don't think out of that man boone these guys are smart that's all i'm gonna say is like that's some pretty astute analysis hey i don't i i ain't ain't a band with no dummies now these these, these (laughs) good bunch here all right this question goes out to all three of you guys who is the best captain in all of star trek universe and boone we're gonna start with you since i threw the other ones at, at these guys Man, I, I gotta go with the original man, the, Cap- Captain Kirk, and uh, you've got to go listen to William Shatner's cover of uh, "Sunshine of Your Love." After this, we will. So, fun fact: Brian and I soon are going to have on the podcast a gentleman by the name of Adam Hamilton, who used to play in L.A. Guns. He produces them. He plays the drum tracks from the studio, and he also produced multiple Bill Shatner records. Cool. That'll be awesome. So you're going with Shatner, the ladies' man. He's not afraid to go on the away team and immediately put his life in peril as a captain of a spaceship. Oh, yeah. Maximum, maximum drama. Maximum <laughs> drama. All right, John. Best captain in the Star Trek universe. Man, that's such a hard question. All right. Um, if, if we're going with level of difficulty, I mean, they all had their their moments but <laughs> i i really loved uh you know Catherine janeway on on the uh deep space nine 
if I'm if I got that right. I think that was it. You know, you get blasted out with the Delta Quadrant with no way to get home except years and years and years, you know, possibly the rest of your life to get home. And no maps, no clue about any of the civilizations out there. Um, and so you're you're just insurmountable odds. You discover I'm I'm not sure exactly what order it all happened, but I know she ran across the Borg out there and picked up some crew members and whatnot. But uh, you know, they all had their massive, massive uh, challenges uh, to rise to. Um, so, but just, just because I, I think I'm going to go with Captain Janeway. All right. Nice. That's, you know what? Out of left field. I like it. All right, Dale, your favorite captain. And it's been so long, but I'm going to have what Boone said. I think Kirk was the most entertaining to watch. You know what I mean? For sure. So. Well, the fight scenes choreographed maybe were always interesting in the original star trek somebody was getting tossed you know there's somebody's getting rolled over (laughs) and tossed every single time that's just the most entertaining to watch you know i I get more into the the action than like having to sit there and pay attention to it because i'm the drummer you know we've never been good at that right right (laughs) right so boone star trek trivia the original series star trek had a historic first tv moment do you know what that is hmm does it have to do with Barbara Nichols? Yes. Or Mich- Michelle Nichols. And Michelle Nichols. Sorry about that. Yeah. Huh. Uh, man, I, th- I, I think I know, but I think I might be wrong. <laughs> well, spit it out. Come on. <laughs> Was it? Uh, let's see. Hmm. Man, I'm going to pass on that. I can't think of what. You're so close. It was the first on screen interracial kiss in broadcast television history. I knew I knew I was close, but I was trying to think of the right way to say it. Well, there you go. That's the first on-screen interracial kiss. There you go. And that wasn't even that long ago, too. That's the crazy part. You know what I mean? That if is you think crazy. about it. Like 60 years. We've advanced quite a bit as a society. <laughs> that opened sure. the door for Kirk to kiss green aliens and blue aliens and purple aliens and whatever else. It had to happen. It had to happen. All right. This question goes out to all of you guys. What is your favorite cereal? And we're going to start with Dale. What's my favorite cereal? Yeah. Wow. Man. It's been a minute since I've had any (laughs) cereal, but I think since I was little, probably Cocoa Puffs, honestly. Solid. That's a classic. Yeah. That's, you know, Cartoon Network. Cocoa Puffs, perfect duo. Got it. <laughs> Good combination. <laughs> All right, John, what's your favorite cereal? Recently, uh, I think uh, midway about mid last year, I got hooked on Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries. Ooh, so, nice. You know, that was a that was a whole thing there for a minute. Worst part of Captain Crunch cereals, all of them, all of them is they scratch the crap out of the roof of your mouth. <laughs> you got to let them soak for just a few, you know, about you know, just a minute before you get get diving in too hard. You you got to really like Captain Crunch and you earn it because you do. Like you just replace all the skin on the top of your mouth. <laughs> Most of the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Boone, what's your favorite? Man, I hate to throw a wrench in this, but I'm just not really a cereal guy. I just don't. At some point in your life, you've eaten cereal and you've liked a cereal. Come on, just choose one. Man, uh, I guess we'll go Fruity Pebbles, man. All right. Can't go wrong with Fruity Pebbles either. You've read Flintstone, you know, classic commercials yeah. for years. It's all right. Brian, you what, what's your favorite cereal? Uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch. 
I think we talked about that with maybe yeah. Ace Von Johnson, didn't we? Because I remember I the, so. the or or Bourbon House. Somebody we 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 talked. Do you know what? It's music and cereal all about on this podcast. <laughs> hey, Brian was ready for you. He didn't. He didn't even take a breath. He didn't he hesitate. Just, he was. He, he didn't. Well, what, Brian, who's your favorite captain in Star Trek? Kirk. Yeah, I think I'm with you guys. I think the OG Kirk is just different animal. Way to go! Um, yeah, way to go with the cool crowd there, guys. Yeah. <laughs> the I could have said I've New really Kirk. Watched, honestly, no, not New Kirk. New Kirk, which is uh, that, he's a good actor, but I just not the same as the Shatner, the Shat. All oh, right, really God. The, go ahead. I was just gonna say I really love the videos. You know, Shatner uh, just sitting there reading or you know doing the lyrics to i think he did rocket man and rocket man he just yeah. there and read uh and smoke a cigarette and and do his whole shatner thing i really like watching those anyway. a very <laughs> loungy version of that it's classic and if we're going to talk keep staying in the nerdy realm of musical um performances musical output of star trek cast members but you haven't lived until you've heard leonard nimoy sing the ballad of bilbo baggins i will have to check that out that's a, that's and, on the to-do list and uh don't hate me but you, just, you need you need to check it out it's um something <laughs> it's something i would have bilbo baggins i'll have to check it out leonard nimoy Man. everybody on star trek was making a record boom Speaking of speaking of weird music, I tell you something weird we, we listened to the other night, and that was uh, Ricky Skaggs and Bruce Hornsby doing a cover of Super Freak. What? Really? Yeah. yeah. It, <laughs> that that like, that'll mess with your head right there. Like Bruce Hornsby, a Bruce Hornsby <laughs> and the Range, Bruce Hornsby. Yeah. With Ricky Skaggs. Yep. Where yep, did you come across this? Where did you come across this? It's on uh, an album. I don't remember the name of it, but it's on an Was it like a YouTube rabbit hole you guys got down or what? Um, I got to look into bluegrass covers at one point and I just ran across it. Of course, I've always been a fan of Ricky Skaggs, but um, I, I just was looking for bluegrass covers uh, a couple years back when everybody was kind of doing those. Just something to listen to for fun. I ran across that and it was just too much. I had to, I had to share it with everybody at last rehearsal. Dale's probably like, who's Bruce Hornsby? No, man, I'm I'm a little more cultured than that. It's bad that that we're talking about this because I remember waking up this morning and that was like the first thing that that came on on my playlist was Super <laughs> by Ricky Sketch, Bruce Hornsby, the bluegrass version of Super Freak. That's that is something. It's wonderful. Great All picking. Right. Just a well, you guys gave us that. We give you the Ballad of Bilbo Baggins from Leonard Nimoy. So it's a nice musical exchange. I think <laughs> your gift might be better than our gift, but it's, you know. It's a fair We understand. All right. If you guys get your pick of any venue to play a show at, where would you like to play? And John, we'll start with you. Oh, man. Um any venue, anywhere. Any venue. Like this is I've always wanted to play this venue, big, small, in between. Doesn't matter. Well, you know, I haven't really put that much thought into it, but I have to answer. So uh hmm. I'm sorry. I can't I can't I can't be put on the spot quite like that on that one because it's <laughs> Red Rock Red Rocks is always a good one. The, you That's know, a I great think you guys one. have played at the Ryman before, right? Oh no, yeah. 
We wish. <laughs> okay, let's see here. If I if I had to play or, or I had to pick the favorite place I would I would I never got to play. Um man, I've always wanted to play Louisville Palace for some reason. I've never even really been in there. Oh yeah. That's but a good it's, that's it's a probably cool place. not the best or biggest place in the world or anything, but I've always heard good things about it and I've always wanted to play there. I've seen shows there. Dale, how about you? Man, um, I'm gonna go a little bit smaller here, but uh, there's a there's a blues club, blues and jazz club out in LA called the Baked Potato, that all of my idols played at when they were, you know, like Jeff Picaro from Toto, Vinny played there, uh, a lot of great bands have, have played there uh, in, in the blues and progressive scene, and I think it'd be real real cool to give that a whirl, for sure. Well, I know you guys, Dale was the right choice because he brought up members of Toto who are some of the finest session and musicians in general ever. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's impressive. So good choice on that. And I've never heard of the baked potato. Brian, have you heard of the baked potato? I'm going to look up the baked potato. Oh, you'll love it. There's albums recorded there that, I mean, they just go on forever. They're great. Oh shit. Done, done and done. I gotta, I gotta write that down so my scatterbrain mind doesn't forget that. But Boone, while I'm writing this down, where, where is, where do you want to play? Man, I want to play Antone's Blues Club in Texas. I've always wanted to play there. It's like one of the most, you know, famous blues venues. That's where uh, uh, Billy Gibbons and Jimmy Vaughn and Sue Foley and uh, uh, Chris Layton do this, do some shows out there uh, every year. And it's called Austin. Uh, the, yeah, yeah, it's called yeah. the. Uh, the, the jungle show and they have all these different blues players there every year. And, uh, actually, uh, Gary Clark jr. Is part owner in that venue now. And, uh, oh, yeah, of course it's, it, it's, it, you know, the, the name Antones have been around for ages. That's where, uh, Billy F. Gibbons saw some of his first blues shows and the headhunters have played a bunch there over the years. They actually had a little super group one year. They had, uh, uh, headhunters, Johnny Johnson and, they had uh, Kim Wilson on harp and vocals and they called it the Thunderheads. This would have been around maybe 92, 93. So I've, it's always been a place I wanted to play. Nice. Yeah. And you guys all picked like smaller, medium sized venues, like not Madison Square Garden. That's impressive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boone, question for you Give us a good horror, recent horror movie recommendation. Oh, man. A recent, like new, newer movie? Yeah. Uh, man, I got to go with uh, with Mandy uh, starring Nicolas Cage. You got to check this out. It's really, really a visually stunning movie. If you're into revenge movies, it you'll you'll really like it. And it's got a lot of interesting uh, metal music in there as well. I, I saw that on Shudder and it is a, it's a mix of a lot of different movies. It's horror, psychedelic, like psychological horror and then it's straight up revenge yep it's crazy that's a good point when we we had ace von johnson on a couple weeks ago talking about the la guns album and of course you know he's a big horror movie fan i i told him that while it's not necessarily a good or great movie i really respected orphan first kill because there is a um there is a twist like a third of the way through the movie and they just run with it and i'm like you know what that's pretty ballsy to throw the twist there and then like run with it and i'm like respect not great by any means but i thought it was cool they did that yeah and it's available uh, on amazon prime if anybody has I had to check i'll check that one out yeah it's good it's stupid 
Uh, John, are you more of a sci-fi or a horror movie guy? Um, I'm kind of in the middle of both. My wife's a huge horror fan, so I, I get to get exposed to a lot of that and I enjoy a lot of them. But I'm definitely more on the sci-fi side of things uh, for just general general watching in my spare time. You got a good recommendation for us on the sci-fi genre? Uh, recently, I've I've just kind of come up a little dry on them. I'm, there's there's probably a lot of great stuff out there, but uh, I watch a lot of more TV shows than I do movies. Um, so I, I just don't really get involved in the in the movie side of things as much. It, it just it's over so quick. You know, you get invested yeah. and it's done. I think the best thing about all these streaming services now, and going to your point is. You can expand upon the story, the characters a lot better than you can in movies. And that's why let's go back to Star Wars. The series often get a little bit better because you get more expansive storytelling and different things going on versus trying to close something up an hour and a half, uh, two hours, you know. Yeah, you got to get a backstory, uh, you know, get it all all built real quick and then and then drive into like I was talking earlier, you just don't get time to, to dive deep into each character and truly understand what motivates them, what they're scared of, what makes them actually want to want to do whatever it is they're actually doing. So uh, that makes a big difference to me. We need a young Captain Kirk series. Sign it up. That, that'd be fun. <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, Dale, for you, are you a horror guy, sci-fi guy? Neither? I don't know. I feel like I, I love the idea of horror movies, but I just haven't seen enough to really you know, voice an opinion about it. But I mean, I think it's all cool and all, but I'm just, uh, I'm kind of like John. I'm more of a, I'm more of a TV series guy. Is there anything right now that you would recommend that you're into? Um, honestly, no, I have, a. have been, I've been so busy with, with these, these boys here, you know, that, <laughs> uh, I've, uh, I, I've been, I've been a lot more into music than, than TV recently, but, uh, I'm sure there's some stuff out there. If you ask me in about a week, I'm sure I could tell you something. <laughs> he's sucking up to you, you two. Listen, he's like, I'm too busy with the music to watch any TV. Oh, we, we, we've been working him hard, though, now. <laughs> That's good. Guilty pleasure, musical, song, or artist. Ooh, man, I got a whole list of them. <laughs> well, give us a couple then. And guilty pleasure doesn't mean they suck. It just means, you know, it's... Oh, probably don't want anybody to know. Um, I think Ava for one. I mean, those guys are great at, at Didn't everything. Didn't Greg Martin say that? <laughs> it's always Ava and the Bee Gees. I don't think I have any more like guilty pleasures, but you know, I'm really, really into uh, yacht rock. I'm a huge yacht rock nut. Well, Toto, and you did bring up Toto. They fit in the yacht rock genre. The Doobies, Steely Dan. That's all. That's all kind of my playground. You know. I have a friend that's a drummer and he, he used to play out in LA and like the hard rock scene and all that stuff in the eighties, nineties, but he goes back to Steely Dan too. It seems to be a rock drummer thing to say Steely Dan. That's like his favorite band. Yes, very much so. It's, it's, I mean, it's just a real, real good, uh, good learning. I, I credit that band for, for being able to be the, uh, the type of player that I am. Cause anybody can, you know, read a chart and, Guys, we are so excited for Otis to get back together. Where do we go to find out more about Otis shows, music, merchandise, everything about Otis? 
uh, www.theotisband.com. And uh, you can go to our socials and we have a link tree link. that will take you to all the Apple Music, Spotify, all that good stuff. It's all there. All right, Brian. Very cool. Thank you so much, Boone Frog at John Seeley, Dale Myers from uh, the new Otis lineup that we're so uh, happy and jubilant about. And thank you guys uh, so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having thank us and, and, and thanks for the support. Thank you to Brother Boone, John, and Dale from Otis. Um, I'm over the moon. You know, what can you say? We were talking before in the intro about, you know, the, the you know, accolades that he is, they have gotten from some, some major players, at least major players in our eyes, you know, talking about going to see government mule and you're backstage and Warren's walking up before you even say hi. It's like, Hey, when are you going to get that when are you gonna get this back up and running? doesn't really get in in the southern rock genre uh better than that with him or charlie star or even again our old buddy greg martin all all pushing to get otis back out there and together it sounds like everybody's happy and healthy and ready to kill it well and one thing that we didn't talk about during the episode and you can you know you can find it and uh on the otis facebook page or um he was on another podcast where it's mentioned that uh, Billy uh, Billy Gibbons actually Billy Gibbons fawned yep. over them. So yeah, he got them incredible. some uh, for their second album, right? A liner note or something yep. or a blurb for the record. Yeah, yeah, talking them up. I think Boone's played with those with Billy Gibbons at some point, hasn't he? Like Show Bill or something? Possibly, yeah. Possibly. And you know, but, I, I and we mentioned talking too. I mean, I'm. You know, now I, I kind of think of Boone as like the official fifth men, member of the Kentucky Headhunters because he's out there with them doing merch, running their social media and, you know. Where IT. You, yeah, where, <laughs> IT where, support. Where can you get better feedback, better advice, better support from those guys that have been around forever and been through everything and been through lineup changes and bands and stuff. So, you know, I, amazing that you're you know if you're like wow man like what's the future look like for the band and mm-hmm. you know what, what what's going to happen here and then you you're out there with those guys it's like hey man everything's gonna be okay you know and, and then you talk to warren haynes <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, uh, yeah or paul jackson yeah, Charlie paul star jackson tyler yeah, bryant yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure highly highly respected no, no sort of. I the thing that so amazes me about boone is you know we've chat we've spoken to him so many times but that when you hear his singing voice, it is just completely different. You know, it just blows me away. Yeah, the I, I can't remember the name of the podcast that I heard it on, but the guy said is like, he thought the Boone was like a lot older. Yes. The voice he had. Yeah, it's just, you don't expect it to come out of Boone, especially he's such a soft-spoken, intelligent guy, and he's got this great rock, southern rock, voice oh, just like a soulful soulful voice yeah you know when they were on hiatus i kind of like i kind of drifted away from listening to them because i kind of have that thing where god if i don't know if a band's coming back like i, I it's, it's just kind of an emotional protection per se yeah right um but since they've been back it's like rediscovery and it's like you know like repeating what we already know it's like holy crap are these guys good like like really 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 good yeah, I'm really looking forward to is once they get some of these uh, show dates on the road under their belts and they go into the studio and start making 
some new songs. I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Another thing I forgot, or I was thinking about that we didn't ask Boone is like, he's been out there with the Kentucky Headhunters. Have they ever invited him up on the encore? <laughs> Get Boone on Ooh. stage, you guys. Right? Give a that, slide that's duel, a good question. Slide duel between brother Greg Martin and Boone Frog. It would be a pretty sweet. Hit, hit him up on the Facebooks and see what he tells us. <laughs> that we will do. Um, so... I don't know what else to say. That was a great one. Uh, we have a lot of good ones. That, that This was uh, extra special with the rebirth of Otis. So thank you guys. Hope you enjoyed it. I know you did. And always remember, Southern Rock is Revit. Blues is blood. We'll see you next time.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 